please turn in your Bible to Deuteronomy chapter 5. been coming through Deuteronomy together and we're at chapter 5 verse 16 in the Ten Commandments and we're on the fifth commandment Hear God's word, verse 16. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this truth. Thank you for this command. Thank you for this promise. God, please give us ears to hear. Lord, your word is so important to us. We'd be left, we would be left in ignorance, Lord, if we didn't have the wisdom of your word. So please, God, give us ears to hear and eyes to see, Lord. God, I pray that you, by your spirit, through your word, would personally address each one of us. God, you're you're the potter, and we're the clay, Lord. Mold us as you will. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want us to start with this commandment um, and try to convince you of how important this commandment is. Um, in other words, why you should listen to the teaching of the fifth commandment. It's a pretty common verse, verse that most of you know and have heard of, heard probably several, many, many, many times. So I want to encourage you about the importance of this command. So I'll give you five reasons you should listen, five reasons for the importance of this command. Number one, this is God's commandment. This is the most general one I would have to share with you. Brothers and sisters, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture, every commandment in the Ten Commandments, including the fifth one, and all Scripture is breathed out by God. This is the God-breathed Word. So we are addressed by by God's words when we read Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16. So this is very, very important. Christians don't believe that the Scripture, any part of the Scripture, is just good advice um, or, or good literature. Christians believe that the scripture, every word of scripture is breathed out by God. So hear God's word this morning. Number two, why is it so important? Number two, it's one of the 10. It's one of the 10. So we've been talking about, as, as you, most of you know, uh, the importance of the 10 commandments and the way the 10 commandments are talked about in Deuteronomy. And the Ten Commandments are spoken of as a summary of the entire Mosaic Covenant. So just to give you an example of that, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 13, if you remember, it says, And he declared to you his covenant, his covenant which he commanded you to perform, that is, the Ten Commandments. So the summary 
of the covenant that God makes with, with Israel here, this Mosaic covenant, is the Ten Commandments. And here, right in the midst of this summary of this covenant, we've got the fifth commandment, honor your father and your mother. That's a big deal. It's very important. Number three, why is this so important? Number three, it's the first commandment in what many people call the second table of the law. Okay, so you have first table of the law, second table of the law. Many people talk like that because as you look at the Ten Commandments, you've got uh, the first four are vertical, straight to the Lord, have no other gods before me, right? Don't make any images, uh, uh, don't mess with my day, don't mess with my name, those are directly to the Lord. And then five through ten, these commandments are, are horizontal, they're, they're uh, your dealings with other humans, other people. And, and this fifth commandment, honor your father and mother, is the first on that second table. Now the way Jesus summarized the commandments, if you remember, was love God. First, first commandment, greatest commandment. And the second's like it, he says, love your neighbors yourself. So love God and love people. So we've got love God as, you know, the first four commandments and the ten are sort of uh, showing us how to love God, right? How to do that greatest commandment. And then the first of this, of this um, you know, how do, how do we obey the second greatest commandment to love our neighbor as ourselves? And, and, then, and then the first one we get here is the fifth commandment, honor your father and mother. How do we obey the second greatest commandment? First thing it says here, honor your father and mother. So this, this commandment, I'm saying that to say, this commandment is foundational. And I hope I can help you see that. It's, it's foundational. It's foundational to the horizontal requirements we have towards one another. Listen to Kevin DeYoung on this. He said this, if the foundation of the first table was the first commandment, excuse me, then the foundation, the foundational commandment to the second table is the fifth commandment, honor your father and mother. It's the foundation upon which love for neighbor is built. Think about it. The parental relationship is the first and most important relationship. It shapes all other relationships. So I want you to understand the fifth commandment we're about to look at. It's important because it's foundational. Now, many people make a big deal out of the fact that hanging off of this specific command, honor your parents, are more general commands, more general standards of God, such as honoring authority or respecting those that are older than you or caring for the elder. And that's right, that hanging off of the fifth commandment, honor your parents, are these other more general commands. That's, that's actually right. And that's true. But I want you to think about how interesting that is that why did God do it this way? Why not the other way? Why is the fifth commandment not, for example, honor all your authorities? And then later on in the law, it says one of your authorities is your parents. Instead, it says honor your parents. And later on, flowing out of that is honoring over, uh, your authorities or, or honoring those that are older than you. Why does it work this way? Because this commandment is foundational. It's foundational. Um, 1 Timothy 5, verse 1 and 2, there's, a, there's this little place. So if you go back and read 1 Timothy 5, 1 and 2, it tells you how you're supposed to treat everybody in the world. It mentions older men, older women, younger men, and younger women. That's everybody, right? And it tells you how you're supposed to treat all those other people in the world. And what does it say? It says this. It says, 
don't rebuke an older man, but exhort the older man as a what? As a father. You knowing how to treat your father, how to honor your father, it informs you. It's foundation to tell you how to treat every other older man that you come across. Then it says, older women as mothers. You knowing how to honor your mother is foundational to knowing how to honor every other older woman that you come across. So this is a foundational command, so please hear it. It's very, very important. Now, fourth reason, fourth reason that it's very important is it's the first commandment that has a promise attached to it. Now, that's, now Paul the Apostle makes a big deal about this in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. He says, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Then he says, honor your father and mother. And this is the Apostle Paul's words. He says, honor your father and mother. So he quotes the fifth commandment. And then he says, this is the first commandment with a promise. So it's a big deal. It's important. Listen to this. He's saying, listen. He's trying to emphasize the importance of this, of this commandment, how much we need to hear it. And fifth, last one I'll mention, number five of why this is so important. There are major, I mean major consequences that are attached to disobeying and neglecting the fifth commandment. Major consequences. Let me just read a few. I'm going to flip to a few places to read. Um, don't feel like you have to, but I want you to hear these words. Exodus 21, verse 15. Listen to the consequences. Whoever strikes his father or his mother shall be put to death. Exodus 21, 17. Whoever curses his father or his mother shall be put to death. Leviticus 20, verse 9. It says this. For anyone who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. He has cursed his father or his mother. His blood is upon him. And we have our commandment in Deuteronomy 5 and then Deuteronomy 21 verse 18. Hear God's word. Listen to the seriousness of these these consequences. If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, though they discipline him, will not listen to them, then his father and his mother shall take hold of him, bring him out to the elders of his city, at the gate of the place where he lives, and they shall say to the elders of this city, This our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He's a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones. So you shall purge the evil from your midst, and all Israel shall hear and fear. That's throughout the law. And let me give you one from the book of Proverbs. This is Proverbs chapter 30, verse 17. Hear these consequences. The eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. Now that's supposed to make you shiver. Um, Serious stuff. These commands, the consequences that are laid out here are very, very serious. So I want to encourage you, there's a reason for that. There's a reason that under this Old Testament law that those consequences are so serious. So hear this command for all the reasons I just mentioned to you. Hear and listen to this command. So Parents, 
nudge your children right now. Give them a little nudge. Tell them, tell them listen up. If you don't know which one to nudge, maybe just nudge the bad one. Uh, um, but here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. So nudge the children, tell them to listen up, but, but here's the kicker. Kids, nudge your parents and you tell them to listen up too. Because you see, in Ephesians 6, when Paul quotes this commandment, he applies it to the children, the, the young children. But Jesus, and we'll get there, in Mark 7, when he quotes this command, guess who he nudges? The adults to honor their parents. The adult children. So it's not just this command. I hope you understand that. It's not just a command for little kids. It's a command for us all to consider how do we obey and take heed to God's word and the fifth commandment. for all of us. So, so parent and child, nudge each other. Um, this commandment is for all of us to listen to. So let's, uh, let's, let's think through the plain sense of this commandment and this promise. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16. The commandment here is honor your father and your mother. What does it mean? What does it mean to honor your parents? Is to value them? Is to place a high price on them? Oftentimes this word is, is, is actually used to, to denote actual financial support or financial payment like Proverbs 3.9. It says, honor the Lord with the first fruits of your increase or honor the Lord with your wealth. So sometimes it's really like that, that it's used in that way. It's a real payment. It's like, it's like to value them, to, place a, to, to, to uh, place a really high price tag on them because that's how you value them. That's what it means to honor them. The Hebrew word here, <clears throat> it literally means heavy or to make weighty. Honor your parents. It's heavy. It's weighty. Put weight on your relationship with them. Give weight to their words. Don't value them lightly. Don't undervalue them. But honor them. To honor them is to revere them. Leviticus 19.3 says, Every Every one of you shall revere his mother and his father. So it's reverence and it's respect toward our parents. Now notice, these, these things all have external actions, right? There's external things you do to honor your parents. But, but this, this, is, this is internal language. You hear it? The respect and the value and the honoring. Of this, and there's stuff going on in the, on the inside of the way you think about and and, and feel toward and pray for your mom and dad. Now, as I said earlier, this is foundational to the second table of the law. And Augustine said this, in light of that, Augustine said this, If anyone fails to honor his parents, is there anyone he will spare? If anyone fails to honor his parents, is there anyone he will spare? That's the command. Honor your father and mother. What about the promise? What about the promise? Look at it here. That your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. All right, let that settle. Honor your father and mother that your days may, may be long and that it may be, it may be well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. That's the promise here. 
Now, there's something really specific to Israel in that promise. Notice the language. The land that the Lord your God is giving you. That's the land of Canaan where they're about to go. So something very specific between God and Israel here. So what does God promise to do for Israel? As he, and, and what does he promise? And he's, quoting, he's mentioning this command. He's attaching this promise. What's he promise here? Your days will be long and it will go well with you in the land that you're going to possess. Now, veiled, sort of veiled in that promise is, is also sort of a veiled warning, right? It's a veiled warning here. To dishonor your parents, to not obey this command, you will not live long in the land and, and, and it will not go well with you. Okay? My dad, I don't know if any of you know this, if y'all have heard this before, my dad used to say, boy, I brought you into this world and I'll, I'll take you out. <laughs> Oh, uh, he was kidding, I think, right, Dad? <laughs> but it's kind of like that in the sense of uh, honor your father and mother that, it, that your days might be long in the land. You might go well with you. You know, I, I brought you in this land. I'll take you out. There's a warning veiled here. Now, what does this fifth commandment promise mean? Well, first let's mention what it doesn't mean. This, the fifth commandment promise cannot mean Oh, there's somebody 90 years old. They must obey their parents. Can't mean that. Or, man, Jesus died young. Jesus died young. He must not have obeyed his parents. Can't mean that. Okay? That's not the idea here. This command and promise, it certainly affects individual Israelites, but this promise is not merely individualistic. Okay? So what does it mean? This is a promise of a full life, an abundant life, a life well lived, a promise of a fruitful existence in the life that you have and for them in the land of Canaan. Now, oftentimes this would mean a longer duration of life for individuals, but there are exceptions to that. But the promise is for a full, abundant, fruitful existence in the life that they have now this phrase that you might live long and that it might go well with you that phrase is used over and over again in Deuteronomy and in other places in the Bible it was a common phrase that was used and that common phrase again meant full life abundant life not a guarantee for living till you're 90 okay that's what it meant. I want to, I'll just show you a couple of those phrases. I won't give you all of them for time's sake. But Deuteronomy 4.40, right there close to where we're at, says this. Therefore, you shall keep his statutes and his commandments, which I command you today. Listen. That it may go well with you and with your children after you, and that you may prolong your days in the land that the Lord God is giving you for all time. That phrase, Deuteronomy 4, Deuteronomy 5 in the fifth commandment, it's in Deuteronomy 6, verse 1 through 3. It's, and, and we keep seeing that phrase, and the idea is you keep attaching it, is this fullness of life, this prosperity of life. In other words, the, the path of obedience is connected to a blessed life, and part of that obedience is honoring father and mother. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 11 says this, listen, by me... And, and the me there's wisdom. Wisdom's being personified in, in Proverbs 9. By me, by wisdom, 
your days will be multiplied and years will be added to your life. That does not mean that wise people never die young. It does mean that wise people experience full, abundant, and fruitful lives. And oftentimes that does lead to a longer life. Proverbs 3, verse 1 and 2, we see another, another place here. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For, listen, for length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. Listen again to Kevin DeYoung on this verse. It's not just talking about living a long time. The writers of the Bible were not dumb. They lived in a real world where people died. It wasn't like everyone who was really good lived to be 100 years old and everyone who was really bad died early. Living long in the land was more than just chronology. The phrase really has to do with abundant life. If you want to enjoy to the full To the full, the blessings that God has for you in the promised land, you'll listen to your mom and your dad. Do you think like this? This mindset of honoring your parents connected to a full life while dishonoring your parents connected to an empty life. Now, a really important question for us I mentioned that this commandment has a direct, you know, Deuteronomy 5, 16, a direct link to the the people of Israel, the land that I'm bringing you into, that I promised you, right? Does this apply to us? We're not Israel, right? We're we're not the nation of Israel. So does this apply to us? Does this command and this promise apply to us? Well, when you go read, and and in fact, you you can go ahead and flip there, Deuteronomy chapter, excuse me, Ephesians chapter 6. Go ahead and go to Ephesians chapter 6. Does the fifth commandment apply to us? Well, listen to what the Apostle Paul says to this Gentile-filled Christian church in Ephesus. Gentile-filled Christian church in Ephesus. And he says this, children... Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Verse verse 2, look at it. He's going to quote the fifth commandment. Honor your father and mother. So we know the command applies to us. This is the first commandment with a promise. Okay, the promise applies to us. Look at it. That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. That you might live long in the land. So yes and amen. This command and this promise applies to us. Now, when he says that, uh, when he quotes that right there, he doesn't attach the promise to the land of Canaan. In fact, many of your versions, you know, that you, if you look at different versions, it says that you might live long in the, and it doesn't say land that I've given to you. In fact, here it just says land. It says in the earth. It says in the earth. So God's command to honor your father and mother, still backed by a glorious promise, of blessing and fullness and abundance in this life and on this earth. So, I hope you'll hear it. I want to take some time to make some specific applications for different people in our church. Okay? So let's start making, let's start making some application for this command. 
Number one, I want to make an application for minor children. And by minor children, I mean young children still under the direct authority of your parents. Yes, teenagers, this still means you. Minor children. As we just read in Ephesians 6, the Apostle Paul, he, he directly uh, addresses the minor children. Children, he says in Ephesians 6. Now we know from verse 4, he's talking about those children that are still being brought up in the nurture of their parents. We know that. So this is an address to minor, uh, young, minor children still under the authority of their parents. So Paul addresses them. Children. So, so, so how do we apply the fifth commandment? Well, well, the way the apostle Paul does it here is he speaks to the young children. And just like Paul does that, I want to do that. So children, listen to me. Every child in the room, hear me out. I, I want to apply the fifth commandment to you in a similar way that Paul does here. Children, what does the fifth commandment require of you? What does the fifth commandment require of you? It requires obedience. Listen to how Paul applies it. Verse 1, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. So children, it, it applies like this. Obey your parents. Obedience is what God requires of you. And I'm sure you've heard that from your parents before, but I want you to hear it from me. You are commanded by God to obey your parents. Now, 1 Timothy 3, 4 uses the word submissive. Having his children submissive is to submit to your parents. It's a way of life that my heart, my mind, my heart, my will is subjected to or submitted to my mom and my dad because they're God's gift to me. And I want to submit to them humbly and obey what they say. The fifth commandment requires children. The, the fifth commandment requires of you a certain kind of attitude. It's not just about external behavior. That's a part of it. But it says honor, reverence, respect, and attitude. That's on the, that's on the inside. It's how you, it's how, it's children, it's, it's how you think. It's, it's how you feel. It's on the inside. You're called by God to have a submissive and honoring attitude towards your parents and really, that honoring doesn't go away even when you get older. You don't grow out of this. So practically, now there's a lot that could be said here. There's a lot that could be said. But practically, I just want to mention one thing. Children, when your parents say something, put a ton of weight on their words. When they say something, so, so teenagers and even younger, when your parents say something... According to Ephesians 6 and the fifth commandment, honor them. Put a lot of weight on their words. Honor them with your attention. When they speak, they've got something to say to you, whether it's wisdom or a command or an encouragement, whatever it is they're bringing to you, they're opening their mouths. Put down what you're doing and give them your attention. This is how you honor your parents with your attention. Every time they speak, listen submissively to what they say. Hear what they say. Now, that's not a killjoy. Children, that's not a killjoy, okay? This is, this is not uh, trying, to, trying to make sure you stay miserable until you get older. That's not the idea here. 
And you don't have to take my word for that. You can trust God's word. Think about the promise that's, that's in the fifth commandment and it's repeated towards children in Ephesians 6. There's a promise in God's word that's pointed right at you. This is not a killjoy. This is not for your misery. But rather it says that it might go well with you. That's a promise in God's word. Honor your parents, value them, and obey them, and give attention to their words. And and why? It says here that it might go well with you. And do you believe God's words? I encourage you to because he's trustworthy. Now here's the bad news. Children, you've failed at this. And I don't know that because your parents told me. I know that because I know human nature from God's word. You have failed to, to obey your parents and honor your parents as you, ought to, as you ought to have done. Now, here's the thing. As we fail, you're just like the rest of us. You're just like the rest of us, kids. And as you fail to obey your parents and honor your parents as you ought, the consequences of that are huge. Okay, we're not under the Mosaic Covenant where it's death penalty and stoning. It's not that. But listen, the scripture uses the phrase eternal punishment. For not honoring your parents, the, the result, according to Matthew 25, other places, is eternal punishment. That's torment day and night forever and ever in the lake of fires, it says in Revelation. This is serious stuff. But here's the good news. Jesus didn't. You know, Jesus was a child, and he had parents, and he didn't fail it like like I did and like you did. Listen to Luke. I want to read this to you from Luke chapter 2, and you can read the whole story in verses 41 through 52. I won't read the whole thing, but Luke 2 chapter, excuse me, Luke chapter 2 verse 41, we actually, kids, we actually get a story about Jesus when he was 12 years old. He's 12 years old. He's a child under the authority of his parents and, and, and they take him to Jerusalem and they end up losing him and scares the parents half to death. And then at the end of that story, listen to what it says. Luke 2 51 says, and he, Jesus, Jesus went down with them his parents, Jesus went down with his parents to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. Bad news, you failed. Good news, Jesus didn't fail at this. And here, let me tell you something about Jesus, that, that, and you need to know this, something about Jesus that's probably not true about any kid here. Okay, Jesus was wiser than his parents. Okay, And yet still, what that verse say? And he was submissive to them. He was submissive to them. Perfect submission, perfect obedience to the fifth commandment was found in Christ. Now, why is that good news for you kids? Why is that good news for all of us? Because 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin... He never disobeyed the fifth commandment. He always honored his parents perfectly. God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us. All those times you've disobeyed and dishonored your parents, he took that onto himself at the cross and he was crucified and he came under the wrath of God for your sins. And then it says this, that we 
might become the righteousness of God in him. His perfect obedience to his parents for every child that would put their faith in Christ, that righteousness is laid on them like garments of salvation. Man, that's good news. We failed it, but Christ lived it out perfectly. And he'll give you that perfect righteousness the moment you cease from your own works and put your trust in Christ who saves you. So children, trust Jesus. It's good news. Trust Jesus and obey your parents. All right, number two, I want to give application for parents in the room. All parents in the room. So after Paul quotes the fifth commandment in Ephesians 6, if you're still there, he immediately makes an application to the parents. Look at it, verse 4. Fathers, specifically to the fathers. Do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So since, since Paul goes straight from uh, addressing the children based off the, the fifth commandment, straight into addressing the parents, I want to do the same. So parents, listen to me. Your children are not naturally obedient and submissive and respectful, and you know that. You know that from God's word because you know what God says. That God's word says that we are by nature children of wrath. We're born in iniquity, brought forth in sin. That's what we're like. So you know that from God's word and you know it from experience. From experience. Nobody here taught their kids how to sin. They got, did that just fine without you. They know how to sin. So dads and moms, let me exhort you with the fifth commandment. You must, parents, you must hold your children to this fifth commandment standard. Honor your father and mother. Remember, this is action and it's attitude. You must hold them to this standard. Honor your father and mother. Parents, you are duty bound to hold them to this standard. It's part of your job as a mom or your job as a dad. It's what God wants you to do. Now, if you, neglect this, if you neglect to do that for them, to hold them to the standard of honor your father and mother, if you neglect to do that for whatever reason, maybe it's laziness. I just, you know, it's a lot of work. This isn't easy. Parenting's not easy. Maybe it's lazy. Maybe it's unbelief. You just don't believe. Like God's word says it's good for them, and it's bad for them if you don't hold them to this. It's good. And maybe you're just not believing God's word. Maybe it's unbelief. Maybe you're just distracted with a thousand other things that are, that are of lesser importance than you training your children. But listen, if you neglect to do this, it is going to be harmful for your child. Remember Eli's sons. Parents, remember Eli's sons. 1 Samuel 2.12 says, The sons of Eli were worthless men. They did not know the Lord. Now, the sons of Eli will have to stand before God for their own guilt. But in this passage, we get some blame put on Eli for the way he dealt with his sons. And listen to what it says about Eli. I'm about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew. Because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. He wouldn't hold them to the standard. They were unrestrained sons of Eli because he would not restrain them. 
But if you love your kids and you hold them to this, and part of that love is expressed as holding them to this action and attitude of the fifth commandment standard, there's blessing that comes in behind it. That's what it says. The first commandment with a promise that it might go well with them. Deuteronomy 5.16, Ephesians 6, that it might go well with them. It's a blessing in their life for you to hold them to that standard, even though it's more work. Proverbs 22, verse 6, do you put much weight on this proverb? Do you put much weight on it? Train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he's old, he won't depart from it. Do you put weight on that? Train up a child and the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Now, how do you do it? How do you, I want to give a little bit of advice, and we'll move on. How do you hold your kids, parents, to this kind of standard? It's not with frustration. It's not with anger. It's not yelling. It's not manipulation. It's not any other undignified and ungodly way to do it. But rather, God has given parents means by which to hold their children to this standard of honor your father and your mother. And I want to mention three of those means really fast. So pick it up fast. Number one, God's given us his word. His word. Deuteronomy 6. Parents says the word of God should be in you. And then it says you shall teach them diligently to your children and talk about these words when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Parents, teach your kids the word. It's the same thing towards grandparents. It says make them known to your children and to your grandchildren. So grandparents and parents, listen to me, whether you like it or not, you are a teacher of God's word. Now you're going to be a bad one or a good one, but you are a teacher of God's word. You're a teacher of your kids. You're, you're to teach your kids God's word and talk about it constantly. It's one of the means God's given. The second means God has given is the rod. R-O-D, the rod. Proverbs 13, 24 says, he who spares the rod, and that means spares discipline, doesn't discipline his son or daughter, doesn't, doesn't um, uh, if he spares the rod, he says he hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. Okay? So it's connecting love and hate to whether or not you're willing and, and, and diligent to, to discipline them with the rod for the sake of holding them to the standard of the fifth commandment. Uh, parents, you must learn how to do this. And none of us are perfect, and we all can identify weaknesses. And I can tell you a million mistakes I've made. And I'm not coming with self-confidence saying, I've done this right with my kids. Not that. But we got to lean in as parents and say, Listen, we got to learn how to do this, okay? I realize that many moms and dads, especially of young children around here, maybe you've never, maybe you weren't a part of a family that held out a standard like this. Listen to me. That doesn't, that doesn't remove the responsibility from you to figure out how to do this, how to hold children to a standard for the glory of God. Give them the word and discipline them. So if you, if you feel confused about that, grab a parent Grab maybe a, a, a mom or a dad that's been there before. Grab them, ask them, can you help me learn how to obey Proverbs 30, verse 24? He who spares a rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. Can you help me learn how to obey that? Grab a parent that loves God's word and be encouraged. Third uh, means that God gives is prayer. 
Now, I say the prayer. We do not believe in righteousness by the rod. Okay, if you just discipline them just right and you, and you teach them just right, then everything's going to be fine. No, listen to me. You got to pray because you need God Almighty to move in power. Psalm 127 is that famous psalm that says that, that children are like, they're like arrows in the hands of a warrior. And happy as a man has a quiver full of it. It's, it's that psalm, that famous psalm. You know how that psalm starts? It starts like this. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord builds a house, man, we need to pray. Because unless God moves in power, unless he moves on their life, we labor in vain. So, oh, God, move in their lives. So parents and grandparents, grab hold of these means. The word, the, walk, the, the rod, and prayer. And teach the young ones how to obey the fifth commandment. Hear, hear that as a reminder of responsibility. Third and final application I want to make here is towards adult children. And by that I mean you're an adult and you have a mom and you have a dad, adult children. Now if you go to Mark chapter 7, you can go ahead and go there. This is where Jesus quotes the fifth commandment. You can also read about this in Matthew 15. Now notice how Jesus, in Mark 7, the verse we're about to read, it, it, he quotes the fifth commandment, and then he applies it to adults caring for their, their aging parents, their parents in their old age. Mark 7, verse 9 says, And he said to them, he's rebuking the Pharisees here, You have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your tradition. For Moses said, here's the commandment, fifth commandment. Moses said, honor your father and your mother. And, it's coming from Exodus 21, whoever reviles father and mother must surely die. But you say, if a man tells his father or his mother, whatever you would have gained from me is Corban, that is given to God, then you no longer, you no, no longer permit him to do anything for his father or or mother, thus making void the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down, and many such things you do. So here, honor your father and mother is not just a commandment for kids, for minor kids, but rather the commandment here is, is the word Jesus says, the word says honor your father and mother. But you've got some tradition, this buck in the word, and that tradition is, well, I can be real spiritual with my stuff, real spiritual with my money, call Corbin, and I don't have to take care of my parents in their old age. I don't have to give to them and help them in their old age. I don't have to do that because my money is given to God. And it's just this wicked thing that was in place, and Jesus confronts it. So he's applying the fifth commandment to adults caring for their parents. When you become an adult, things certainly change between you and your parents. Uh, you're not to be submissive in the exact same way that you were as a child. But the command to honor them, to respect them, to value them, to highly esteem them, to care for them when they're in need, that's unchanging. That command is unchanging. 1 Timothy chapter 5, I want to, I want to read something to you from 1 Timothy chapter 5 along these lines. Listen to verse 3 and 4. 
It says, honor widows who are truly widows. There's that word honor there. But if a widow has children, okay, this will likely be adult children, or grandchildren, so if, a, if this, this widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. So this verse says, you want to show God, I want to show godliness. I want to show godliness. This verse says, show it first. That's the way it says here, show it first to your parents or your grandparents. The phrase here, let them make some return to their parents. Your parents, your parents cared for you when you were young. They, I mean, even if you don't think they did great, like they kept you alive, they helped you in that. So make some return, he's saying here. Pay them back here. Love them. It's a push to care for your parents here. And then there's a severe warning in verse 8. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for the members of his household, he's denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Man, what a warning. To not do that towards my parents, towards my grandparents, is to deny the faith, and it says here, worse than an unbeliever. And I, I know there's all kind of different situations that have their own uniqueness all across the room about parents and grandparents, but listen to me. I want us as a church to be faithful in this area. Fifth commandment, honor your father and mother. First Timothy 5 here, to repay them, to, to show godliness by caring for them and loving them well. Now, I think it's clear from the fifth commandment and even here in First Timothy 5. Remember, First Timothy 5 is going to go on to say if that older person that needs help doesn't have children or grandchildren that do it, then Christians jump in and help. You know, that's what Christians do. So I think it's clear from the fifth commandment and 1 Timothy 5 that this is not just a push toward honoring your parents and caring for them as they age, but also having a general, a general love and care for the elderly in society. Just a general love. That's what Christians do. They have a general, just, they just love and want to care for the elderly in, the, in society. In other words, Flowing out of the fifth commandment to honor your father and mother are commandments like Leviticus 19.32. Listen, you shall stand up before the gray head and honor the face of an old man. Did you know that command was there? Flowing out of the fifth commandment, honor your father and mother. And as I do that, what do I learn? What's that a foundation to teach me? It's to teach me things like this. You shall stand up, that's respect and honor, before the gray head and honor the face of an old man. It's attaching your respect and dignity being poured out on age. Now here's one thing I love. Uh, I love it when God, I love it when God makes it clear to me that, that, his ways are not our ways. You know that phrase in Isaiah 55? Listen, his ways are not our ways. And I love it when God makes that clear to me. One time he made that clear to me. I was reading this book. It's called uh, Memoirs of an Ordinary Pastor by D.A. Carson. Really good book. Just check it out. 
Memoirs of an Ordinary Pastor by D.A. Carson. D.A. Carson is given a, bi a, sort of a biography of his father. And, and his father was a pastor. And man, I remember reading that book and he's, he's, just, he's just laying out his father's life and, and the missionary stuff he was able to do and, and the pastoring he was able to do. And then at the end of life, his wife gets extremely sick. And he spends his last days caring for his wife and loving his wife who's super sick. And that's about all he can do. And I remember reading that and just, just remembering, you know, God, how would you want to end his life? Lord, how, this man, this, this missionary, this pastor, he's serving you all his days. How do you want him doing at the end? He's going, to care for, he's going to care for his wife, man. And I remember thinking, your ways are not my ways. That's not the way you would have written the story. It's not the way I would have written the story. And yet, it's glorious to God. It wasn't a glamorous way. The other ministry might have been glamorous, but that was not glamorous to, to, just, to, to spend all that time. And he's just caring for his sick wife, and yet it made God smile. His ways, listen to me, his ways are not our ways. And in the same way, I think this relates to caring for the elderly. His ways are not our ways. Visiting those people that are too sick or too unstable to leave their homes. Spending time with the elderly. These are not things that get you on the front page. You know, Dynamic Ministry Magazine. Like you're not on the front page for caring for the elderly, for loving them. It's not glamorous, but God loves it. And the reason why we know God's love, God loves it is because the fifth commandment says, it's in the ten, it says, honor your father and mother. And everything that flows out of that, the respect towards the gray head and the face of the old man. And here in 1 Timothy 5, there's, there's, this, there's this push to let us know God loves this stuff. His ways are not our ways. And as I've thought about that, as I've thought about this and studied this passage this week, it's made me think about several of you who are caring for elderly parents right now. So I can, I've seen several of you already this morning. But you're caring for elderly parents. And I want us to take some time just to commend you. That stuff's not easy. It's not easy and it's not glamorous. But I want to commend you because you're an example to our church. Man, it's been sweet for me to, to be reminded of you. Parents who used to provide for them, who, parents who used to provide for you, and now you work hard to provide for them. A really sick mom that doesn't have the mental capacity to know how much you care for her. That's sweet stuff. It makes God smile. A mom who never really cared for you, not well, and yet you're leaned in to love her in her last days. A dad who used to pick you up in his arms, and now you pick him up and carry him to the bathroom. A mom that continues to say hateful things to you, even while you visit her, and yet you still visit her. <laughs> I want to commend you for this. I think this is not a ministry that dazzles the world, but man, it pleases the Lord. 1 Timothy 5, 4 said, this is pleasing in the sight of God. God sees it, and we see it. Your love for your elderly parents, it rebukes us, it encourages us, it challenges us, it instructs us. You're showing us how it's done. You're showing us how to do 1 Timothy 5. Show godliness to them. 
Make a return to your parents. You're teaching us how to obey the second greatest commandment by honoring your parents. And I want to commend you and I want to encourage you to not grow weary in doing good. Man, don't grow weary in it. Press on in this God-given ministry because in this ministry, you're being like Christ. You're being like Christ Jesus. And I want to prove that to you in closing. John 19, verse 25. Listen to this. Standing by the cross of Jesus was his mother. His mom's there. He's hanging on the cross. Think about everything that he's enduring there. He's hanging on the cross. His mom's there. Think about everything that he's enduring in that moment. He's been beaten, accused. He's been mocked crucifixion, forsaken, betrayed, and he's enduring the wrath of God. He's on the cross enduring the wrath of God, dying for sinners, even the sin of his own mom who's standing there. Surely he's done enough. Jesus, you've done enough. Just just die for us and move on. And listen to what it says. And when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, He said to his mother, woman, behold your son. And then he said to the the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Man, who who is this man full of love, full of self-sacrifice, dying for the sins of the world, and yet making sure mama's taken care of? Honoring his mom. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much again for your word. And I pray, God, that you would help us to take heed to this commandment for the glory of your name. You are good and your commandments are good. Lord, I want to pray for the young children and teenagers, Lord, in this church. God, I pray that you would, you would help them to see that their failure to, to obey their parents, that, Lord Jesus, you have laid down your life for their sins, and I pray they'd put their trust in you, Lord, and they'd be given new hearts, God, and they'd be empowered to obey their parents for the glory of your name. God, help them to not be like the world and not make the mistakes that the world makes. God, I pray that they would honor their parents for your glory and for your namesake, Lord, rooted in faith. God, I pray for the parents, parents all across this room, Lord, that you would help us to be faithful, Lord, faithful with your word. God, faithful with the discipline of the rod, God, help us to be faithful in these ways, God. God, please keep us from distractions, Lord, and idolatry, God, that makes us lay aside the ministry you've given us as parents, God, for other things. God, kill our unbelief. Fill our hearts with hope and promises, Lord. And I pray, God, you'd help us to train them up in the way they should go. And God, please bless it. We believe it, God, that unless you build the house, we labor in vain who build. So God, please build build the house, Lord. Raise up these kids for the glory of your name, God. Save their souls. Turn their eyes to Christ. God, do that work that only you can do, Lord. God, I want to thank you so much 
for the sweet examples, Lord, all across this room of men and women, Lord, who are caring for their parents and loving them, Lord. And God, they know it's hard and we know it's hard. But Lord, I pray you sustain them. You'd help them, God, to not grow weary. God, don't let them grow weary. Teach them. I pray that your gospel would cause them to, to value, even where value is not deserved. To pour out worth and honor and respect, God, even where it's not deserved. And God, I pray that they would take up that ministry and continue in it, Lord, as something that's given by you for your glory and namesake and for the good of their souls. And Lord, I pray that you would let their influence and their good example spread all across this church, every man, woman, and child, Lord. That we would see, we would see God, in, in their lives this sweet example of obeying this fifth commandment. God, make us holy like Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.